Thank you for joining me today. Can you tell me a little bit about Mankind Project? The Mankind Project is nonprofit. We're global. We have 14 regions around the world that are all independent uh, nonprofit or charitable organizations, whatever that looks like in the in the country of origin. And we really do two things. We run training programs for men until 2020. Those have mostly been face-to-face. And in 2020, those have been online training programs for men. And we support a network of peer-facilitated men's groups. So men's support to look at things like emotional intelligence and accountability and life purpose and mission and give men a place where they can really feel a sense of belonging and connection and support and challenge to live the lives they want to live. For someone listening who can't visualize what that is, can you walk us through, I don't want you to give everything away, but can you walk us through an example of how to achieve that experience with them? Beep, beep. Hi, friends. We are brought to you by Earth Tonic Skincare, an all-organic facial product line, handmade in Ojai, California. Our beloved higher states community will get $15 off any purchase over 75. In addition, 50 trees will be planted along with your purchase via treesforthefuture.org, a nonprofit dedicated to planting trees and growing food forests to empower communities damaged by monocrop farming. They use regenerative farming practices to bring nutrients back to the soil, restoring the earth and providing a diverse food source and livelihood to farmers around the world. My personal favorites from Earth Tonics are the Botanical Toning Mist and the Immortel Mushroom Milk Serum. If you're into scents and essential oils, these products are so pure and luxurious, it will leave your skin feeling hydrated, dewy, buoyant, and delicious. All products are made with love and intention for you to be more gentle and kind to yourself while you're looking in the mirror putting these products on your skin. Enter Higher States, all one word in capital letters, at checkout to receive your discount www.earthtonicskincare.com. That's www.earthtonics with an S, skincare.com. Have you heard of Brave? Brave is a fast, privacy preserving browser that feels like Google Chrome, but without the ads and the various kinds of tracking that ads come with. I was using Chrome before for its minimal and uncluttered interface, but Brave has made it so easy to import bookmarks and extensions over that with its extra privacy feature, I'm a newfound fan. The Brave browser is free and available on all platforms and is actively used by more than 20 million people around the world. Speedwise, it feels more responsive and also feels private and secure. Try it out at brave.com. If you enjoy these episodes and you find that it adds value to your life, please consider supporting the podcast through Patreon www.patreon.com slash higher states. Connect with me on Instagram at higher states with two S's at the end. Why two S's at the end, you ask? Well, someone out there is keeping the one with one S hostage and has not responded to my DMs. So if you're out there, please let me have it. Last time I checked, it didn't even seem like you use it. Okay, okay, I digress. Now back to our show. Sure. Um, that's fun. Yes. This is, I don't know who your audience is. I would have to know more about your audience. Actually, describe your audience for me just a little bit. See if I can tailor my response. 
You know what? It's all across the board. We, cool. we have spiritual seekers. We have people who are very new to this type of vocabulary. We have artists, musicians, philosophers, students, teachers. So maybe break it down into layman's terms. Awesome. So <laughs> you know those times in a man's life, and I went through this and I was feeling somehow uh, stuck in a transition or going through a transition that felt very difficult. I was in a place where what I had been taught to do as a man and as somebody trying to be successful and be in relationship, what I had been taught to do just didn't seem to be working for me like I wanted it to. And uh, for a lot of men who connect with the Mankind Project, the sense of a deep connection, an actual brotherhood of men, men that I could rely on to tell me the truth, men who would challenge me and expect me to tell them the truth about what was going on in my life. I didn't have those men in my life. And so for most men who come to the Mankind Project, that's something that's going on. They are feeling some lack of connection, some lack of drive. Uh, they're looking for a clearer sense of who they are in the world. And there's something in them that's telling them, I need to find a group of men to look at this with. What do you think is missing in society that doesn't give men that reflection? It's a great question. So I, I talk about, um, and we talk about in the Mankind Project, manhood and masculinity and how you know, I was raised a certain way and most men are raised a certain way with uh, there's cultural expectations that are placed on us. There's beliefs that we inherit from parents and from watching media and from the society around us that tell us what it means to be a man. And some of those messages are super healthy and some of those messages are super not healthy. <laughs> so some of the messages that I took on and that I think a lot of us take on are, you know, like kind of toughen up messages. Shut down your emotions. Don't show vulnerability. Don't show weakness. At a certain point when in our teens, we start to learn, you know, we're not supposed to actually have deep friendships with other men. We're supposed to have kind of competitive, combative kind of relationships to men. We're taught how to interact with women and other people in our lives, some ways that are good, some ways not so good, right? About how we get along with each other. So I think we're all raised in a culture, boys and girls are raised in a culture that teaches them to do specific ways of being and for a lot of us men, some of those ways of being that we were taught are not healthy long-term. And so how do I unpack the difference between what's good about stoicism, for example, what's good about being able to be under emotional control versus what's good about learning to, to embody, feel, inhabit my emotions in a healthy way, right? So how do I learn that balance? And there's nothing in the culture that really teaches us to do these things. So I think that's where, you know, I went looking for a group of men that I could have as mentors and uh, connections to help me learn and experiment, a practice space 
like yoga, right? Except it's like mental, emotional yoga for men. Can you break down toxic masculinity? I, can I break down? Yes, I'd love to break it down. So a lot of men find, find that, a lot of folks, not just men, a lot of people find that term really unhelpful because, because there is this kind of association that, oh, all masculinity is unhealthy or you're saying that masculinity is bad or you're pathologizing masculinity. Um, but I look at it like, okay, Salt. Is salt good? Salt's awesome. Salt's great. We need salt to survive. Here, eat a pound of salt. Not so much, right? So masculinity is a context. Mas masculinity is something that has to be understood kind of in relationship to other things. So for me, it's easy to say, yeah, I see that there are healthy masculinities in the world. There are healthy ways of expressing, expressing masculinity and there are unhealthy ways of expressing masculinity, right? And so that gets pegged as toxic masculinity. So is all masculinity toxic? No, I don't believe that. Is all feminine, is femininity toxic or not toxic? No, right? It's contextual. It's a relational kind of understanding. So when I think about toxic masculinity, I think about those things that were taught culturally, as I was talking about this kind of socialization that we get as men, that teaches us that violence and domination is the way to succeed. Is that true? Well, there may be some ways in which a healthy aggression is good for getting me ahead if I'm trying to push through and break boundaries for myself, right? That could be very healthy challenging myself is very healthy. Dominating and violently, violently dominating someone else, no. So how can we, how can we together kind of negotiate these relationships and determine, yeah, that looks like healthy manhood. That looks like, feels like healthy masculinity. And I'll take a pause and a breath there. And then also say, every human being on the planet embodies characteristics that get defined as masculine and defined as feminine. So there's nothing to me that is inherently locked into men are like this, women are like this. You know, masculine is only for men, feminine is only for women. These are energetics that we all embody. And so for me, I want to have a healthy expression of femininity and a healthy expression of masculinity that I can understand and that feels good and makes sense to me. In your experience and what you've observed in all the years that you've been working with men, what do you think are the main, I don't want to say setbacks, but main challenges that men may go through in terms of relating to other? That's a great question. Uh, main challenges and setbacks. At some point, I think a lot of men that I have worked with and seen get stuck in a belief that they are on their own, that they have to do it on their own, that they are essentially alone, that they, that what is going on in their hearts and minds will not be understood 
by people around them. And so they make a choice to put on armor, put on a mask and, and kind of hide their, hide their humanness, hide the full range of their emotions. And I think that that is something that we see in the Mankind Project through you know, our intensive training work and through our men's groups, we help men kind of take off that armor and see that the guy sitting across from me in the chair in the circle is experiencing something like I've experienced. That I can see when I'm feeling a, a, a hard emotion, a deep emotion, painful emotion, I can look around the room and you know we use hand gestures. So I, if I'm experiencing, if I resonate with what you're saying, I'll raise my hand. And to look around a room and see 10 other guys with their hands raised that they can identify with what you're talking about. And they've experienced something similar. You know, that level of compassion and empathy for our experiences, I think is transformative for a lot of guys. Gives them the opportunity to then take, well, if I can take this emotional risk that I've taken here, where what else can I what else can I dive into? What else can I explore in, inside of me? So I think that's something that a lot of men learn. And then uh, the idea of, of kind of what am I here for? Right? Our society is changing and has changed a lot. And I think that many men struggle with understanding what, what they're here for. What's my purpose? And helping men uncover that for themselves, helping men discover like, oh, okay, this is something that I'm passionate about. This is a set of talents that I have. This is a problem that this is something I see in the world. This is how I want to make the world better. I think that a lot of men, we get stuck in the kind of doings, the doings, right? Get up, go to work, do the thing, the doing, 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 and repeat without a kind of a bigger sense of why are we here? What are the trainings? Yeah, I could talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our, our flagship training is called the new warrior training adventure. That was how the organization started back in 1985 was with this weekend experience weekend process. The weekend is modeled on a kind of hero's journey experience. And I'll break that down more but it's an intensive Friday to Sunday experience that takes a, man, takes a man through a whole kind of story arc that we talk about Joseph Campbell's work that with the hero's journey and the hero with a thousand faces, where we're separated from our normal lives, kind of pulled out of our normal lives. And, you know, that can be as simple as putting down the phone for 48 hours, right? I'm not going to be at my computer for 48 hours and a descent into this kind of arc of the separation, the descent, the descent into looking with brutal honesty at what I've, how I've set up my life. What are the choices that I've made that have gotten to me where I am? How is my integrity and accountability in the world? What do I think it means to be a man? How do I connect or disconnect myself from other men and from women in the world? It's like, 
So we take men on a journey that is kind of, there's fun and there's group activities and there's some team building stuff and there's journaling and there's, you know, reflection and there's visualization and through a process. Um, and then to an ordeal, the kind of height of the experience. And the idea is that we all have to face our own demons. We all have to face the dragon in the myth. Right? We have to face something about ourselves and there aren't a whole lot of dragons that we're going out there to battle in the world right now, but I believe that men carry a whole lot of dragons inside themselves. We have, we have hurts and wounds and things we've experienced that have gotten us stuck in a place. And so the training, the intensive work on the training provides an opportunity for men to kind of move through an emotionally cathartic experience. And it's physical, it's embodied somatic, you know, work that we do, embodied emotional work that we do. And then from the, that ordeal, we bring them back out to a reclamation and kind of coming back into the world. So now that you've faced this battle and you've, and you've won. Now we're gonna start to integrate ourselves back to tell the story, right? We come back to the campfire and we tell the story of the battle that we fought and then we reintegrate into community. So all of those things kind of packed into a, a Friday to Sunday experience where you'll have a man like me, I was 32 years old when I did the new warrior training adventure, I knew one person on the one person that was going to this training process with me. So I walked in a stranger to that process. And by Sunday afternoon, some of the men who I went through that experience with are now, you know, enduring close friends of mine for the rest of my life. These are men who stood with me at my wedding when I got married. These are men who I can rely on and call on at any time because of that kind of shared experience. That helpful? Yeah. <laughs> In what ways would you say that you've changed of your personal story? Thank you, that's great. So I was a guy who I was in my head. I was so much in my head. I was a spiritual book junkie, self-help junkie, you know, I've got all the stuff on my shelves and started reading, you know, The Road Less Traveled and all those uh, Alan Watts and those books when I was a teenager, right? So I thought I had it all together, right? And I was in my head so much, so much of that, that period of my life and mostly shut off emotionally for a spiritual bypass. I don't, is that a term that's familiar to you maybe and some of your listeners? Yeah, so I was in a massive spiritual bypass. I wasn't willing to look at the ugly stuff in me, but I was more than willing to judge the ugly stuff about everybody else, right? So that kind of, that kind of self-righteousness. And, and I reached 30 years old and I had almost no friends. I was living this tiny little life and I was hurting and I wanted something different in my life. I wanted to feel whole. I wanted to feel bigger. I wanted to have deep connection. 
I was in a new relationship with the woman who's now my wife of almost 16 years. And I saw myself repeating patterns of relationship that I had been doing my whole life that were unhealthy, shutting myself down, not connecting fully, not being available for love and compassion and connection. And I wanted all that. There was some part of me that felt called to have all that change. And then serendipity, right? I had heard about this thing. I'd heard about the Mankind Project. I'd heard about the New Warrior Training Adventure for years. And I was having a lower back issue and I was seeing a chiropractor. I was emoting on the chiropractic table. I was having like an emotional experience as, as he uh, did a, a you know, click and pop chiropractic table. And I got up and I came back out into the hallway and he followed me out into the hallway and, and just kind of, boys, and I can see that you're going through stuff in your body. I can see that you're changing. I can see that things are shifting with you right now. Have you ever heard of this thing called the New Warrior Training Adventure? And it was like, damn it. <laughs> like, why, why, why are you putting this in my face again? And, and it was kind of in that moment, it's like, okay, yes, it's time for me to go and do that work. So looking at the shadowy aspects of myself, looking at the things that I had hidden, repressed and denied, looking at the toxic shame that I carried around with me, all of those things were ready to come out. And it was still scary to do it. Would you say that you were aware up until that point that you had all these things that you weren't looking at or were you unconscious? I was unconscious and that's a beautiful thing. There were things, there were patterns in my life that I could certainly identify, right? There were things that I could, choices that I made and things that I did that got me where I was that I could identify. But like, I didn't know clearly just how passive aggressive I was. <laughs> There were things that I was unconscious about. There were things that I was really unconscious about in the way that I treated other people, in the choices that I made for myself. And there's still, you know, here's the beauty of it, the beauty and the curse of it. 17 years later, there's still things that I'm unconscious about. I still get caught in it caught up in my own stuff. And I now have people in my life, including my wife, who can call me on that stuff. And rather than trying to beat it off, defend it, deny it, da 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 da, it's like up to me to take a deep breath and say, oh yeah, there it is again. Right? Oh yeah, there there I am again. So that that's very different for me. I have more alive in my soul and more present and more emotionally aware of you know what's going on with me and then i and i'm willing to dig underneath it so when i feel if i feel angry if i feel anger come up like anger can come up and then i can look at it and say okay what's underneath it and what's underneath that and then i can get back to this morning, this morning, the recognition of March 1st, and it's been almost a year that uh, my family and I have been, you know, mostly separated from people quarantined. And there's an initial part of me that's like, ah, anger about it. 
and then I am able to go to it and connect and it's like, holy mackerel, the grief that I feel in my belly, the loss that I feel and to be able to get right to that emotion. Right. And then I can share that with somebody else instead of hiding it. That's different. Mm, your accessibility to the root issue of what's causing the reaction. Beautifully said. And would you say that takes practice, uh, a years of knowing oneself, observation, study? All that, yes, and absolutely. And it's a it's practice, right? So my uh, my wife was a, was first a, a teacher teacher, a classroom teacher. Um, she's been in educational stuff for a long time and she was a yoga teacher for many years. And what I notice about um, the, the women in my life and the women that my wife was surrounding herself with is that there's a lot more of understanding about this idea of practicing, right? Yoga is not something, oh, I've done yoga, all done right? It's the daily practices. And I think a lot of us men, um, I'll speak for myself, right? I resisted that. Meditation? Ugh, no way. You know, daily practices? No way. And then now let's talk about manhood and masculinity and being a father and being a husband and being all those things. Practice space? Yes. I want that. I want to be in practice space with other with other men. See what's working and what's not working and practice conversations that are difficult to have and practice being vulnerable in authentic ways and practice being angry and getting to the root cause and all of those different things. So I think that has been incredibly valuable and the you know the spiritual practice of you know learning and reading and absorbing more philosophy and absorbing new perspectives on the world and all of that stuff just kind of comes along with it. But it's really that practice. Am I, I am responsible for my emotions. I am responsible for my growth. I'm responsible for my actions. Rinse, repeat. Going back to when you were saying how you used to be shut down and emotionally unavailable. So yes. at one point in life, those things serve as protection mechanisms, right? That's why they arise. It's fear-based. Yes. You don't want to be yes. hurt again. Can yes. you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I would love, yes, I would love to. No, that's not an accurate phrase. Yes, I'm willing to. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us experience that. And it's part of, partially that socialization that I was talking about, and it's partially life circumstances. So, you know, for me, the first 10 years of my life were this idyllic country, farm boy, small town America life, right? It was like, wow storybook like childhood and then a uh, 10 years old 11 years old my parents relationship imploded dramatically and then within a year each of them had remarried and then within two more years 
my dad had divorced and remarried again. And my mom was, you know, and so I went from this like idyllic little thing to chaos. And that was my teens, so much chaos. And so what I learned, how I learned to cope, how I learned to survive was to not make my needs known. To, to step back, to do, be the good boy, do things right, follow the rules, don't make noise, don't rock the boat. Let, uh, let things that let things that should have felt shameful to my dad, my parents, let not be. Like, not get mad when people were doing shitty things around me. So that's how I learned to survive. Get into adulthood and all those beliefs and patterns, like in my body, in my mind, in my interactions, and in my language, and all of that stuff was screwing me over. I didn't know how to speak up for myself. I didn't know how to express my emotions. I didn't know how to have needs, right? So, and that is part, that's part of the shadow work too, is like to look back and honor that little boy who did what he needed to do to survive. And we all have that part of us, right? And, and now what, as, as an adult human, now what? What kind of dog do you have? Two, and that's Paisley who just left. And Paisley is a, a mixture of Dalmatian and hound and, and we don't know what else. Oh, how cute. She, she doesn't bark, she baroos. Baroo. <laughs> Too sophisticated to bark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, exactly. And would you say those things don't come overnight. I mean, obviously everyone has their mm. aha moment where it's first mm. revealed to them. Yeah, yeah. Do you have familiarity or does your audience, do you think uh, integral theory or Ken Wilber's work or spiral dynamics or any of that I stuff? I love, but go into it. Cool, great. So state shifts, right? So the training, the training process that we take men through we talk about it as, you know, kind of gross to subtle. My body experience, I, very upper left quadrant focused, I, my perspective, my subjective. And then interiority into the subtle experiences where I get to be witness to my emotions, where I get to step up, kind of step outside of that totally subjective experience and say, oh, look, there's Boysen doing that interesting without judging it without being you know to take a totally new perspective on my behavior and kind of see what's going on from the outside so for me yes this isn't a one-time thing but i had a massive state change during the new warrior trace like woke up woke up you know in in all levels of of my physical being, emotional being, spiritual being, mental being, right? I woke up. It's really easy to go back to sleep. <laughs> it's very easy to go back to sleep. And so the, then the practice is uh, to kind of bring that awareness of the state change again and again and again until as, you know, as Wilbur would talk about, now I'm operating from a different altitude all the time. 
So I've learned enough to kind of lift myself up to here. And now it's harder to go back to sleep to this level. And now what's my next awareness? What's my next big awakening to go through, right? And, and to see and understand, for me, this has also been revolutionary being in a men's community, that we are, we are all have our own perspectives. We all have our own, you know, we all kind of resonate at different value systems. And to be able to look at people and not judge or attack because they're different. But to be able to try, how can I understand more? How can I understand more about this person's experience, this person's perspective? That's different than mine. So that for me has been that, that for me has been really helpful. You mentioned that it's not only an emotional and mental experience, but it's also cellular and physical. Can you describe yeah. what it feels like viscerally in your body of a moment when something left you? Yeah, I can. This is a great, this is a great story. Yes. Cell, yeah. Cellular, cellular awareness, right? So I described my teenage years as chaos and school chaos was part of that. And there is a moment on the, I've had a number of these, but there's a moment on the new warrior training adventure where I was in a process and I was actually playing a role in someone else's process. So another man was doing his work, was doing his ordeal work, his process. And I was picked to play his high school bully in this reenactment of this process. And there was a moment, there was this time when I was looking him directly in the eye and I was feeding him the messages that he got from his bullies. And I was fully embodying that energy for me, that, that predatory energy. And something in me changed and released the, the fear, the terror that I had had of that predatory energy that I had been subjected to as a teenager. Something in me by going deep into that experience and allowing it to just kind of flow through me, something changed in me through that experience. And I've had more of those experiences of releases of, of shame, releases of anger, where once it, once I have allowed myself to just fully inhabit it and, and let it go through me, when it's gone, it's, it's, it's left, you know, there's something, there's some part of it that's left. Yeah. Those are, doesn't mean it's gone forever. doesn't mean it's all gone. But I believe that something does change in me. That's one of those mysteries of the universe. How as soon as we look at something or put a little love on it, it just dissipates that grasp. And how much energy did I spend? And how much <laughs> energy do we spend trying to hold on to it? Right? Right? Like, so I see men out there in the world 
and I, you know, I am this sometimes and I was this, but I see men out there in the world, they are spending so much energy to repress the softness inside of them, the love inside of them, you know, and it's, it's, uh, sad and i love seeing the cracks i love seeing the cracks develop mm -hmm. so besides weekend trainings what else is available with mankind project yes so the the flagship training is the new warrior training adventure about seventy-five thousand men have done that now since the mid 80s and that's a that's really intensive so that's um if you, if you are one of 20 participants or 30 participants on that training, there are going to be 40 or more staff on that training. It's like not a, it's not a ballroom experience. It's not a, you know, it's not a weekend workshop. It's, it's an intensive process. After that, the, we bring men into men's groups. So ongoing peer to peer uh, facilitated, you know, peer facilitated men's groups. So I've been sitting in a men's group for, 16 years. I've changed three times. I've helped to uh, found, create some new men's groups over time. But that has been, that's like, that's the joy. That's these, these are my guys. These are the guys that I know and love and connect to. And then for that, for both of these things, there's a whole a leadership training process. If you want to go on to lead these new warrior training adventures, there's a, a facilitation process so that I can learn more effectively to facilitate in a, in a group space and learn other processes. There are uh, lots of other kind of personal development um, kind of offerings to focus on specific things. So these days, you know, we have a number of different uh, cultural competency trainings for, for us to look at difference and look at society and look at culture and look at all of these things. We have couples work. So there's specific stuff around relationship. Um, there's basic skill work, you know, so a training about money or a training about group leaders or training about different aspects of kind of leading and being a man. Um, yeah, so there's lots of different things available, but it's really like group work, men working together for self-improvement. Are there any books that you could recommend? I love books. Um, for the men's group, men's group books, the the very, there was a book written by Bill Kauth, who is one of the founders of the Mankind Project called A Circle of Men, which was his manual for running, building and running a men's group. That book, 35 years later, is still an incredibly powerful book to get men in touch. And then in terms of men's stuff, um, there are a couple of books out there that I would recommend, like... Uh, there's a book called To Be a Man, which I can turn around and look at my shelf and there is, hold on a second, a book called To Be a Man by Robert Augustus Masters. Very good book. Um, there are a couple of popular books out there in the culture, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, which you may have heard of. Um, 
Dr. Robert Glover, who wrote that book, which is a book that helps men get in touch. And then there's a woman out there named Allison Armstrong, who has done a bunch of work around uh, the relationship relationship between men and women. And she goes into goes into a lot of detail about kind of inter interrelationship. So those are all good. I have so many books. There's yeah. also anything specific. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I I was thinking more along the lines of I, I believe his name is David D Data, right? That's David one of Data. The, Data, yeah, one of the classics. The Way of the Superior he, Man is that what it's called? Way of the Superior Man is a book that a lot of guys definitely read and get something out of. I'm, I'm, uh, I have never studied data deeply, and um, there's a little more essential. I think data has kind of an essential, uh, essentialist kind of view on masculinity a little bit, right? Like, like masculinity is something that men embody. I have a little more cultural view on on it, and I know a lot of men who have gotten a lot of value out of out of that work. Yeah. Are there ways in which you see that women could help support men in her life in general? Yeah, don't be afraid of. <laughs> it's It's been a navigation process for me, certainly, and I think this is true for a lot of women. When I started learning how to be more vulnerable in my relationship, I made a mess. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I made a mess. I, I mean, it's the it's the practice space. So I'm trying to learn how to express healthy anger. Am I going to do that right every time? Oh, hell no. You know, I'm trying to learn how to take responsibility for myself and, and be accountable for my actions. Am I going to do that right? Oh, hell no. And, and I have also heard that, um, and I think I've seen this in my in my marriage also, that there are times when me in my vulnerability, me in my sadness, me in my fear, me in my anxiety can be very uncomfortable for the women in my life, for my wife, for my kids, right? Where it can be like, oh no, poison is not, poison's not the rock right now. Poison's not 100% strong right now. And to, to create an environment where I think women can really help men in this is by creating an environment where men feel empowered and encouraged to practice, knowing that they're gonna fuck it up and, and to say, okay, and come back to me. And there's also a trust thing, which I think is really important and requires us as men to be very open and honest and and accountable but there is a i think justified suspiciousness in our culture of male only spaces of men's only spaces right what are you going off there to do the strip club is a men's only space right so there's this kind of idea that you put a bunch of men in a room together and what's going to be created is going to be unhealthy and i and we have to trust that, I have to trust that, and we have to ask the people who care about us to trust that when I go off to do this work, 
that I'm going off to do work to try and improve myself and improve our relationships and improve the world, right? That it's not about me, um, not about me going off to reinforce uh, male superiority or dominance or privilege. It's about me going off to examine and interrogate those things so that I can learn more about myself. How have you found that this work allows you to be more clear in your communication and expressing yourself and having better, more fulfilling, more two-sided interpersonal relationships? Follow your body. Follow my body. And that's, that's like a big part of all of this, right? I can cover up what I'm actually feeling with words. But by doing this work over time, I have learned to slow down enough to feel in my body what's actually going on so that I can stop. And rather than getting uh, defensive, rather than reacting as, you know, I'd be programmed like that the voice telling me what to do, to stop myself and listen and get more present in the moment and then say what's actually true instead of running away from that truth. And I know that my, you know, my twenties before I got to this work, like there was so much time that I spent feeling one thing and saying another. And that's way harder for me to do now because I feel it in my body when I am not in integrity when I am not coherent, you know, it, it, I feel it. And then also my wife and my kids know me well enough. You know, my 14 year old can walk into the room and take one look at me and say, Hmm, something's off. Right. They know. So letting that truth be present in the relationship. And what does that feel like in your body when you're going against the grain of your integrity? Does it feel like a rock? It's inside? heat. It's mm. heat for me. Yeah, I, I don't know about I don't know about everybody, but shame is a very hot emotion for me. So, uh, yeah, when I you know, flop sweats, <laughs> for lack, you know, I sweat and get really uncomfortable if, if I'm not being uh, in, in my integrity. Mm. And how does one find, if someone in LA is listening to this, yes. what, is, what is their route and how to find a group Ooh. of men that they can attend? Yes, mkpusa.org or mankindproject.org. Mankindproject.org is like the global the global website, mkpusa.org is our US website. Uh, there's a form right on the front page where you can pull, do a name, email, pull down menu. What are you looking for? And we have volunteers that can help connect men to men's groups. We have uh, national online open men's groups every week, every Tuesday night that are free, confidential spaces to register and you register for that and then you get a Zoom login connection information and show up and they're 90 minute groups. 
we have a whole bunch of facilitators on hand to handle as many men as come around. Uh, and we have, because we're existing in the world we're in, we have lots of online programs. So there's a three week introduction program for men who have never experienced this kind of work to kind of get in a circle of men and see what that feels like and get some skills that we're kind of talking about listening skills and connection with other men. Yeah, and a rite of passage of stepping into their manhood. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of initiation is, the, I talked about the hero's journey, that kind of initiatory process is really what we're about. And initiation, initiation is a beginning. We're not initiating you into a gang or a fraternity. We're initiating in, you into a sense of your own healthy manhood. We talk about it's the new warrior training adventure. So what does it feel like to embody uh, a healthy warrior archetype? What does it mean to embody a healthy lover, a healthy magician, a healthy king in your life? I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I am a big fan of this work and giving people the tools and the techniques and avenues to achieve their highest self. This has been really fun. Chloe, you're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you're in, you're in Hawaii, yeah? No, I wish. Oh, you wish you were in Hawaii. Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. That's why you asked about LA. There's a great Mankind Project community in LA. There's some fabulous dudes out there. And, and uh, shout out to Michael Pierce. Um, there's a guy named Michael Pierce who has turned his garage into a man cave. And uh, he, I'm, I'm not, I'm guessing he's not doing, they're not doing live group, face-to-face -face groups right now, but he's been hosting, hosting regular men's work, men's circles in his garage for a long time. So there, there are hundreds of men around LA who are connected to the Mankind Project and sitting in circles and helping to create these training programs that we do. Oh, okay. I'll refer people to him then if they're local. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much, Chloe. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye.